0: Welcome back into the prep extra podcast. I'm Colton Stone alongside Chris Bassnett back after, well, we took a little bit of a week off. We, we had all, all had a holiday, I yeah, yeah, you know, so a little breather, still had football and you know, you could, we're what? About a third of the way through the season. We're yeah. really in full swing. We can throw out our, you know, after one week, this is what, how it's going to shake out. We uh-huh. now have three weeks. To look at a little bit bigger of a sample size. And it's, I don't know, it's, it seems like it's almost gotten more solidified after three weeks. There's still plenty of time. Anything can happen. But just overall, three weeks of the season, what, what have you come away with as a general, like, okay, this, this is how it's going right now?
1: I think solidified is a good word, um, especially with the number one teams. Uh, in each class, and really each class, and we yeah. can go down the list. Omaha West Side, pretty decisive win over Bellevue West. Uh, Beaten Creighton Prep. Bennington's killing everybody in Class B again. Aurora's been pretty dominant in Class C one. We don't know how they stack up with the Pierce. Those two teams won't play each other, but right now Aurora looks like the team to beat. C two North Fort Catholic, same thing, dominant. D one North Platte Saint Pat, same thing. Howells, Dodge, in D two Potter Dixon, D six. That's that's a mouthful. I'll say that yeah. three times fast, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's a deal where I think the teams at the top have really kind of solidified themselves as the number one teams. And like you said, we're only a third of the way through the—there's two ways to look at it. A, we're only a third of the way through the season. B, we're already a third of the way through the season. Right, you know, exactly. So it's, it's going to get to the end here before we know it. But yeah, it's, I think solidified is a good word, especially at the top. And we mentioned the, the number one teams. The number two teams— have largely stayed the same too. There's been a little movement here and right. there, but largely those top two, three teams have kind of all stayed the same. So you're kind of starting to see the hierarchy kind of kind of sort itself out a little bit. And again, six weeks left. There's going to be some changes. Will there be changes at the top? I don't know because to me it looks like the, all these number one teams are kind of pretty solidly in those spots right now.
0: Yeah, you you went through the list. I have them written down as well. Looking at Westside at 56 to 35 win. A class A, I, I don't. It feels like it's still kind of open. You still got Gretna, mm-hmm. Creighton Prep, as what one win, and all their losses are by less than seven. Losses points. are to
1: one, one, two, and four in the state, and they're all by one possession. Exactly. So, so
0: they're as long as they can somehow back end the season with more wins, yeah. they could still make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Again, there's plenty of time, but there's also, you know. It, it, if it, if you don't get it going this week,
1: you're going to be playing catch up really quick. It feels like Class A might almost be the most wide open of anything right, right now. You know, I thought I watched Carney last week and I thought Carney looked really good. You know, I'm not saying they're going to go beat West Side or Bellevue West or whatever they could, but but they looked pretty good. You know, I think Lincoln High is a team you have to keep an eye on. Their only loss is by one point to Southwest, who by the way Southwest is three and zero. And you look at their schedule now, the rest of the year, and as of today. They don't play a team with a winning record until the end of the year. Their last game of the year against Miller North, so it's kind of set up for the Silver Hawks to kind of make a run uh, and put themselves in a really good position for a high seed in the playoffs, a really good record, and, and so maybe they continue to win, build confidence. You know, there's, there's, it's. We talked about West Side's talent. We know of Gretna's talent with Zane Flores. We know what Bellevue West has, but again. Any of those teams could jump up and get any of them on any exactly. given night. You know, Bellevue West led Westside at halftime. Westside scored three touchdowns in about three minutes to start the third quarter and, and <laughs> went in front. You know, yeah. and so that just kind of tells you how how open this thing is. It's it's tough to I think see what Southwest is until they kind of play some of those contenders from from the metro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they and they play a lot of Lincoln teams this year. They're not going to go see. You know, the Elkhorn South or the Gretnas or the teams like that, like Lincoln Southeast did to start the year. So yeah, it, it's, to me, Class A is is pretty intriguing because you've got a lot of teams there where, yeah, there's a lot of talent at the top, but it's that, it's that second half where you might see a team or two or three jump up and cause some problems late in the year.
0: Right, and Southwest kind of has the Benefit of what we said maybe this year at the beginning of the season a lot of the power, the top heavy of Class A is going to be from the Metro. Yeah. And if you can avoid a number of losses to them or avoid, I mean, essentially playing them at all, yeah. you, you have a path to get to the playoffs much easier. The issue becomes if you haven't played the competition, how that's are you exactly gonna stack right. up against them yeah. in the postseason?
1: Yeah, and, and that's not to say Southwest isn't gonna be tested exactly. at all. They go play Pap- papillion the Vista this week and, and it's you know, that's not a team that's ranked, but it's a team that can cause cause you problems. Right. You know, and so it's it's just gonna be tough to get a gauge on where they're at. You know, they, they clearly have a ton of experience, you know, at quarterback with Colin Fritt and all those receivers mm-hmm. and the skill guys. We've talked about that before. And, and that's kind of bore itself out. And you've seen them get a little better each of the first three weeks. They, they eke out one over Lincoln High, play a little better the next week play really well against Lincoln East and pull away. I think that game was tied at halftime at 10 to 10 and Southwest outscored them 21 to seven in the second half. And you're talking about an East defense that hadn't given up more than 14 in a game, Right. you know, coming into that game. So the, the evidence is there that Southwest can make a run. But again, like we've talked about, like you said, the, the power is in Omaha and unless you're playing those teams, you kind of, it's kind of maybe tough to gauge where a team like Southwest might stack up. I have them ranked sixth right now behind four, five Omaha schools, essentially Alcorn and are thrown in there as well. So are they the top team from outside Omaha right now? Probably. you know. And that's, again, Carney probably has an argument to be made there. And we have to give Carney credit for being road warriors. You know, They're going to Bellevue West thir- this Thursday night. It'll be their third road trip east in four weeks. All three of those games on Thursday nights. So you're getting on the bus, you're driving two hours or three hours, you're playing a game, and you're coming back home. And they've, they've taken care of business so far. So you have to give credit to the Bearcats and Brandon Cool for, for taking care of that. So, yeah, just a, just a real interesting class. And like you said, without, that's the difficulty of this, is not seeing, you know, a Southwest play, a, you know, an, an Elkhorn or, a, or, excuse me, an Elkhorn South or a Gretna or somebody like, or a Bellevue West or whoever it may be. It's tough to kind of get a gauge on where the Silverhawks are really at, but they're off to a pretty good start so far.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Lincoln East. We'll get into a couple of the other classes here in just a second. But, you know, they, they come out week two and kind of look like a completely different team. Yeah. And then, you know, they slightly take a step back this week three. I believe they're one and two. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. No, they but, are but, one and two. Yep. Uh, at, at one and two, we, we knew, again, we knew what the question marks were going in they've maybe found some consistency with Jeter Wordley at quarterback but the question now becomes you know one and two through the season can they can they take maybe the things they've learned and keep building off of it or is this kind of just going to tilt back and forth every week
1: I feel like it's kind of it's kind of going to do that I I think part of it was they've they've lost to two pretty good teams they lost to Kearney Lincoln Southwest you know two unbeaten teams and Kearney was a one possession game in the season opener you know and and again they're tied with Southwest at halftime so they're not losing to nobody and they're good enough especially defensively to to stay in most games they've got a pretty good athletic quarterback they've gotten that position settled which I think helps a lot and get malachi coleman back fully healthy that's obviously going to help you know it's it's just another weapon on the field for you so yeah it's it's a deal where they just had to replace so much skill talent obviously a great quarterback in Noah walters who started this weekend for north alabama right you know and then led them to a win um, and some other pieces outside of that so yeah i, I think it's a team where you're just going to see some ups and downs and it, it's a team that they can kind of break through and beat a quality opponent that might go a long way for them just kind of being able to believe in themselves and knowing they can do it, you know. So I think that's something to that kind of keep an eye on with Lincoln East is kind, of, kind of jump up and get one of these teams that's, that's having a good year, and, and maybe that kind of catapults them a little bit. We
0: well, have yeah, the next two classes, Class B, Class C1. Like we said, the number ones, I don't know if anyone beats Bennington, and until the playoffs, I don't know if anyone beats Aurora, Yeah. you know, looking at it. And um, I, I, I just don't know what the answer is. If you're a team that's playing, Bennington is. They, you thought maybe, okay, their ground game can't possibly be as good as it was before. Okay, they can't possibly replicate what last season was. And it, I don't, I don't think they've really missed a beat. They've, they go out on the field and they're just as good as they were 12 months
1: ago. It's, it's really amazing. And they beat York 33 to 10 on Friday, and that was the first. New York was the first team to stay within 30 points of them. You know, in Class B, and that's just. You're talking they've played Scut. Bennington's played Scut. They've played York. They've played quality opponents. Again, it's like they're playing nobody and they just they've handled business so remarkably well. And like you said, you look at what they lost, especially at running back with Dylan Mostek moving on, and they just they haven't missed a beat. They can they can throw it, they can run it. They just they overwhelm you, um, by and large, one way or the other, whether it's with the run game, with the yeah. with the pass game, with the defense. And it's it's just a deal where you know, what What does that look like if they play an Omaha Gross or an Elkhorn? Is, does it get a little closer then? Does it get a little closer if they play a Scott's Bluff who can kind of control the clock a little bit with the ground game? I don't know. But, again, until they, you know, they won every game last year by double digits. They've run every game this year by three scores. So it seems like there's quite a bit of separation there right now. Now, we'll see what it looks like at the end of the year. Anything can happen in the playoffs. But, <clears throat> excuse me, the Badgers, they just look so good and so tough right now. And, you suit it looks like down the road. You could almost say the same thing in C1 with Aurora. You know, you're talking about a team that was in the Class B title game and lost to Bennington last year and basically brought everybody back. And I saw them in person on Friday against Ashland Greenwood. And and like I wrote, you know, for Saturday's paper, Ashland Greenwood's no joke. That's a really good team. And and I think in any other year, you'd be talking about the Blue Jays as a real legitimate title contender in C1. And and they still might be. But Aurora is just so good and so deep and so skilled and they have such a way they do what great teams do and they know how to close games you know when when every time Ash and Greenwood tried to grab momentum on Friday Aurora had answer you know they they drive 94 yards 13 plays into the wind and score a touchdown you know they they take advantage of the wind in the first quarter get a couple short fields and they score you know and and that was kind of the difference it was kind of little things here and there Ash and Greenwood has a first down and Aurora's 11 and doesn't score you know, and those things make the difference. You know, and that's because Aurora has been in that position, and not that Ashton Greenwood hasn't, but that Aurora's just got a little bit more right now. And I thought, uh, I thought Ryan Thompson, Ashton Greenwood's coach, put it put it really well. You know, he talked about we're just enough far away from them right now, and not mm-hmm. to say they can't get there. And you, if you're Ryan Thompson, you hope that your team learns from that game and, and kind of correct some of those mistakes. But you kind of see the difference, you know, between a really good C1 team and Ashton Greenwood and a team that's just a cut above in Aurora, right? and so again, unless Pierce plays Aurora at some point yeah. in the playoffs, we may not get a true test of how good they are against the rest of this class, but they, they look like the class of it to me, because I think Ashton Greenwood's really good, and Ashton Greenwood lost that game by two-plus scores, three scores, and, and I walked away from it thinking, God, Ashton Gruden looked all right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. so I think that just kind of tell, That speaks more to how good Rory is, I think, than anything else right now. Yeah, and
0: sp- staying in C1, another, uh, I'd say, shocking win. Yes, it's a class above playing a class down, but Lincoln Christian beating, defending C2 state champion, Archbishop Bergen, and not really just defeating. They kind of dominated the game from start to finish. It, you know, first half, it was kind of tight. But uh, second half, the Crusaders really just kind of ran away with this thing. They're at 2-1. and one. Yes, both their wins are against C2 schools. One's a rivalry game. One's a state champion. Yep. So they're not really – you can't really balk at those two wins. Yeah. You know, they, they both play with the same amount of guys on the field. So yep. it is still the same game they're playing. But it's somewhat surprising the two wins so far they've had this season. It, it is a little
1: bit. And I think – you know, you, you talk, we talked to those guys in the preseason, and they talked about, you know, well, we're well, we're undersized. You know, we've got to be able to play harder than the other teams. Got to be able to work harder than the other teams. And he came away with the vibe that, I don't know. I don't know what they got. But I think winning that game against Lincoln Lutheran to open the season maybe kind of opened their eyes a little bit to how good they could be. And they, their only losses to Plattview uh, in C1, who's ranked right ahead of them in C1 right now. You know, and that was a real game. They lost by two touchdowns. And then, yeah, again, you come back and beat defending C2 champion who happened to have an Oklahoma recruit lining up at wide receiver. Yeah. You know, it's Archbishop Bergen lost some guys, but there's still no joke. And so what does Lincoln Christian do now going forward as they start to see more C1 teams? And again, there's not a huge step between C1 and C2. You know, it's, it's a few more kids in your school, basically, is what yeah. it amounts to. And so... What does that look like for the Crusaders? Can they kind of get on a roll? They play the type of offense with that that kind of that flex bone option attack where you have to be really disciplined and on defense. And if you're not, you get in trouble. And all of a sudden, you look, you look up, and you're down 8 points, 12 points, and Lincoln Christian's got this ball control offense, and they can kind of lean on you a little bit with that. So... Just a, it's a great start for them, first of all, and they deserve a lot of credit. Um, I, I think there were some questions about what they would be able to do coming off of last year when they kind of struggled a little bit, but they've kind of, they've shown that they can compete with a lot of teams. Now they've got to be able to do it in C1 and, and be able to kind of carry that through the end of the year and, and, and make our run of the postseason.
0: Yeah, looking at one more in-city game uh, before we move on to this upcoming week, uh, Parkview takes a loss at home against SEM. Um uh, the rare, I think you wrote it this way, the rare defensive battle in, yeah. in six-man. Usually the defense doesn't come into play until both teams have put 50 points on the board, and now it's like, okay, who, now who can stop the other team? 20-16, um, to 16, Parkview, you know, we kind of joked around, but it, it is in all seriousness that they may have the best shot at, at making a run in the playoffs uh, for, for a Capital City team and SEM's a a good team. They're both, you know, they basically have – they just flip-flopped. They were 3-4 and last week. SEM's now 3, Parkview 4. Is there anything to take away from that game other than maybe, you know, these two teams maybe have a a better defense suited for six-man, or is this kind of just – Maybe an aberration on this guy. No, I,
1: I think it's two good teams, and, and you look at how that game played out, and Parkview Christian jumped ahead 16 nothing, and then had a pretty key injury to one of their key guys, you know, and at six minutes a guy that plays running back and linebacker and quarterback. You know, he plays all over exactly. the field. One of their best players. And if he's able to stay in the game and play, maybe the result's different. You know, you, you don't know. But I think at the end of the day what it is, is it's two really good teams playing against each other. And, and we joke about the, the defense part of it, but at the same time, that's that's what happens when two good teams play each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're able to slow the other team down a little bit more. So yeah, I, again, you know, like we talked about with Class A, power in the East, six-man the powers in the West. I don't know if anybody's going to touch Potter Dix this year, you yeah. know. Just look at their scores and it's ridiculous. But. <laughs> um, It's two really really good teams two teams. I think are gonna make deep playoff runs when it gets there and just it's a fun game Because it's two teams that probably have never seen each other before you know for those that don't know SEMs out west of Kearney, you know a little ways and so that they're not making a lot of road trips to Lincoln (laughs) To to play the the Patriots So yeah, just I think what you saw was two good teams and if Parkview Christian can stay healthy They're gonna be right there at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, and uh Okay, one truly one last thing before <laughs> we move on. Uh, book just bookending from the the past couple times we talked about. We, you know, we remember Elmwood Murdoch scored ninety five in the first week. We didn't record last week, but they scored, if I remember correctly, seventy. Believe seventy six. Yeah. yeah. So you know they were averaging over eighty points a game. A little bit of a coming down to earth against a, a pretty good Palmyra team. Yeah. Uh, you know, only scoring twenty two, giving up sixty. That not it wasn't really a shock because you know palmyra's right in the mix uh it it was just kind of a shock to see the score after like oh so this is the team that had over 160 total points for two games
1: yeah i think i think what you have to do here is you give a lot of credit to palmyra um they forced Elmwood murdoch into a lot of turnovers you know and got the ball out of that offensive hand hands i think that's that's the big thing I take away from that. And and Palmyra, like you said, is already a pretty good team. That's a top 10 team. And you kind of looked at Elwood Murdoch's schedule. I think I wrote this. If, if they were able to win that game, then it, it kind of cleared out for their Knights to, right. to maybe go 9-0 and in the regular season. They didn't. I'm sure Elwood Murdoch would tell you they didn't play their best game. They were sloppy with the football. Palmyra would tell you our defense is great and forced a lot of turnovers. Right. You know, it, it's one of those games. So, again, I think, again, you look at that final score, 52-28, and... If, if Elwood Murdoch takes better care of the ball, maybe that game's a little closer. I think those two teams are probably a little more even than maybe the score indicates. But again, I think that kind of speaks to the depth in that class. We talked about how dominant North Platte-St. Pat's has been, how dominant Cross County has been. But there's a lot of teams in there that in a one-game scenario when you get into the playoffs in October, November, could Palmyra jump up and get one of those teams? Absolutely. Could Elwood Murdoch do that? Sure, absolutely they could. So again, I think it's a deal where the final scores. It is what it is because Palmyra played really, really well mm-hmm. and and got the ball out of that offense's hands. But I, I don't think that you can do much to to discount Almudrack other than they just need to play a little better.
0: Yeah. And and to your credit, you know, again, sometimes we tend to look at every game as the overview of the season, but you really have to break it down as, you know, every everything is its own entity, everything is its own, you know, situation. What if the weather's bad? What if yeah. you know, what if a key players hurt like in Parkview Christian. So it it is almost, it it gives you a look into what maybe, you know, a scenario would be in in the playoffs where this is, how would you play in a one game situation? So um, again, plenty of football to play. Also doesn't feel like there's that much football left to play, but (laughs) going into the fourth full week, uh, what what are some games maybe that stand out here? It's uh, I, I know the last time we talked it was kind of a week, yeah. but what does uh, week four have in store? The
1: big, the big one for me, the most interesting one for me, is, is Grand Island at Lincoln High. Um, that's two teams that are kind of knocking on the door, of the ratings in Class A. You know, we've talked about Lincoln High. Their only losses by one point to Southwest in a the game they led late into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, we know the talent Lincoln High has. Um, Grand Island, kind of the same thing. They only lost just to Westside, um, beat another ratings contender last week in Norfolk. So, you're, again, you're talking about a solid program, a program that's been good for a while. So really good test, I think, to kind of see where both these teams kind of stack up. You know, I, I think it's a game. It's almost a coin flip right now. I think they're pretty evenly matched in terms of, of the quality of team and things like that. Grand Island's got to make the drive out east uh to beechner field maybe that makes the ends up being the difference in this one but a chance i think for lincoln high to kind of establish itself as maybe a a a ratings contender you know and that's a pretty good spot to start for lincoln high if you're going to make a playoff push you need to you need to win games like this and i i feel like we're going to say that a lot about lincoln high you know i said it last week when they played central you've got to win games like that and then they blow out omaha central on the road you've got another one this week if you want to give yourself a good shot to make the postseason You've got to be able to beat a team or two that's probably going to make the postseason. Grand Island's one of those teams. So that game really stands out to me, I think, as kind of the top one of the week. We just talked about Bennington. They're coming to town to play Pius. Pius becomes the latest team to to get a shot at them, you know, over at Aldrich Field. It's going to be tough. Pius is coming off a 9-7 win over Hastings. Pius has played really good defense this year. Um, played Scott's Bluff tough. Scott, Pius is going to have played number one and number two in the state here yeah. by the end of this week. And so that maybe gives us a little bit of an idea of where Bennington's at compared to Scott's Bluff and some things like that. But another shot for Pir- for Pius. Can, can they play a little cleaner game than they played against Scott's Bluff in the opener?
0: Yeah, and that 9-7 game against Hastings, it was you know a bit of a struggle. They they did put up a, a late stop at the end. So, I mean, credit to them uh, and credit to Coach Carney for, for getting his guys to know rally for one last stop and and come away with a win um but having to take Scottsbluff and bennington in the first you know it's half of the season yeah. it's, it's not not ideal uh yeah. if you're pious but you know you, maybe you go out there and kind of try to build off of what york did and you know there's not really a blueprint for the badgers but maybe yeah. try to put something together that you know hey maybe we won't beat them but this is how they can be beat Yeah, exactly. you to Try to expose them.
1: Well, and you take it as again as a learning opportunity, exactly. right? Like yep. you, if if we don't do this, then this will happen. And so you try to accomplish a couple of things that will give you a chance in right. the game. And it's kind of kind of the approach Ashley Greenwood took with Aurora last week. You know, they may not. Their coach said it. We may not win the game, but we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. And I think that's kind of a similar situation to in this game. Um, highest gets them at home. You know if they can if they can get an early lead, can they lean on that defense? Can they lean on the run game and see where that gets you? I don't know. I don't. Know. Bennington doesn't have to play from behind a whole lot. So you That's know right. if if you're able to create something early, and just maybe put a scare into the Badgers, maybe maybe that gives you a chance in the second half. I think when you're playing a game like that, all you want to do is. Just keep yourself in the game as long as you can into the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, and then see what happens. So that's that's kind of, I think, the plan for Pius, or that's what the plan has to be for Pius is, is just keep yourself in that game as long as you can. Don't let Bennington just, just snow you under right away, because they do that every week, yeah. it seems like. So we'll see what that looks like. So yeah, that, those are kind of the games that stand out to me. Bishop Newman. Up in Wahoos, 3-0 and with a brand new coach. They get number two, St. Cecilia, this week. That's another game to kind of keep an eye on. I think a good test uh, for the Cavaliers kind of see if they're for real or not. But, yeah, just it, uh, around the city, not a, not a lot of games that you, you kind of that kind of stand out, I guess. Yeah. You know, you're kind of into that grind of the season now. And it, it's just if you're serious about making a push for the postseason, if you're serious about being a contender, you, it's, you're kind of in that part of the season where you need to kind of grind through practice and, and play well on Friday night. And that's just kind of where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a, you know, there, depending on the team, you're, you're kind of looking at it from two different ways. It's basically what what can we learn from this and move on and, and use it down to maybe try to make a stretch into the playoffs. Or if you're a team that's two and one, three and zero, oh, it's you know let's put let's not look ahead and let's not look behind us. Let's focus on what exactly what's right in front of us and and just keep everything rolling and, and keep some kind of momentum going because. You know, you, you worry that even four weeks into the season, if you start kind of slowing down a little bit or start to look ahead too much, that that can that can snowball for the season. So um, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's, it's another week that any really anything could happen, but, you know, we have
1: all of our preconceived <laughs> notions, of course. That's right. So. We're going to try and keep our momentum going, too. That's right. After this. That's uh, right. Thanks for tuning in the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Colton. We'll talk to you next week.